So, morning everyone. We've been discussing the birth of Krishna for a few days now. It's a long story and it's very complicated. Um, And yesterday we left off with a brief description of the fact that two events surrounding the birth of Krishna were taking place simultaneously. One that we had been talking about for days, event in Mathura surrounding the, uh, that were, um, an event that involved the, um, Influence of Kamsa, the, the idea of the demonic and uh, elements in the world, and and so forth. And this particular event um, was uh, prefaced by the explanation of the Earth's feeling overburdened by the fact that people weren't. Uh, using their human life for spiritual pursuit, which it's particularly designed for, as they say nowadays, even in um, evolutionists say. So, um, of course, they think that's a fantasy, but it's an it's a religious experience that the brain is wired for in humans, not to be found in other forms of life. So we agree with them to a point. But um, the other event then, so the birth of Krishna in relation to a cause, the advent of Krishna based on the, the cause the cause was the earth was troubled, there was a need of justice and establishing the Dharma and, and, and so forth. And this is a noble cause and we can be inspired by that and think that yes, we should use our human life for, for spiritual pursuit. This will be the way to tread on the earth without burdening her, give her that, that she is abundantly. Um, this will make her inclined to give that much more bounty for human society. So it's a, the idea here is, is given that material prosperity follows spiritual prosperity. We often are concerned to acquire a certain amount of material prosperity, and then if we can just get that one more thing in place, we'll certainly be perfectly suited to serve Krishna and pursue our spiritual life. <laughs> that one more thing is followed by one more thing, <laughs> unfortunately, by, by one more thing. This is generally the case. The only thing that will satisfy the self is bhakti. And um, the only thing that will give bhakti is bhakti. So bhakti begets bhakti. Bhaktiasam jataya bhaktiya. Hmm? 
And, as I say, material well-being, material prosperity will, will follow that. Um, of course, we'll also find, if we pursue bhakti, we need less material prosperity. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, uh, what we need, yoga, chemam, bahamiham, krishna will provide. And we find that we don't need that much. There are instances at the same time of Krishna providing in abundance, like he does here. So many fruits and flowers and milk and nice people coming and so forth. So it's possible to create such an environment in our lives of material prosperity in terms of essential things, hmm? things of real uh, uh, value, food, good food, um, good association, and so forth. Um, clean water, and fresh air, and these things. Um, to create an atmosphere of this and a bountiful life by um, focusing one's attention on uh, spiritual progress. So it's a nice idea. It's very compelling. Hmm? And um, all of this, uh, then, is the, 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 the lack of interest in this or the oppression of those who are interested in this on the part of those who are not and creating a problem for the earth. This has been described here as the cause of Krishna's descent and all this building up to, in the story here in Mathura. Then... The other side we introduced yesterday, we were taken by Rohini on a horse from Mathura to Vrindavan. So Rohini is one of the wives of Vasudev. He was um, himself uh, imprisoned with Devaki at the wrath of of Kamsa, and he sent Rohini, with, who's in whose womb Ram was, to the pasture to hide out and give safely give birth to the child. Kamsa had started performing atrocities. He had been informed by Nara that the devas were taking birth in the Theadu dynasty in different places, and he didn't know who he could trust. Anybody could be a god in disguise and so forth. So. He actually started killing all the children hmm? uh, uh, as many as he could uh, he he employed children killers actually this is how pathetic the, he's portrayed because um, uh, he started to be afraid well the oracle said eighth son but all the gods are here who knows they're you know I can't trust them they, could be any son in this period and so forth. So to protect anyway Ram, Rohini was sent. So we are taken then from the story on horseback with Rohini by Ram hmm, to Krishna. So Ram is taking us to Krishna and um, into the pastoral lila. And here we have a very different setting. Devaki is in a prison in Mathura, shackled and guarded and so forth. Her children are being killed one after another. Hmm. And 
and Krishna has now been transferred from the mind of Vasudeva into the mind of Devaki, and as we'll see, a very special kind of quote-unquote birth takes place in the prison house. It's nothing like an ordinary birth whatsoever. Hmm? Um, so we're taken from there by Ram to Vrindavan, and the setting is very different. There's no, there are no problems there. Hmm? There's no problem there. Hmm? They're not being harassed. Um, as of yet, mm-hmm. they're not being harassed. There's no uh, Nanda Nishoda. They're not the the other parents of Krishna. They're not in prison. They're living in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have everything. That is the again the Chintamani Dham. We talked a little bit about it last night. The idea that the trees are wish fulfilling, the stones are wish fulfilling, the cows udders give anything one could want. It's poetically described like this. So they're living in great abundance, but they're suffering from a depression nonetheless. The whole of Vrindavan has fallen into a depression of separation from Krishna. They are, they, Nanda doesn't have a son. Hmm? And this is this becomes a woe for the community hmm? who will be the heir to the throne and so forth and of the cowherd kingdom, if you could call it that, of the village. And so this pain hmm, of separation on the part of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, this and uh, and such devotees of this um, of this 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 um, type, they are another than we find cause for Krishna's descent. So as noble and as uh, inspiring as the uh, other cause for Krishna's appearance, the burden on the earth and and the, the story about which inspires us to use our human life for what it should be, to let give up material attachments and learn to be a giver. And so it's an important story, it's just very instructive. The other side of it here is, is, um, is, um, is, uh, um, Inspiring in another way, it speaks about the, the zenith, if you will, of Prem and a side of the side of Krishna that, in one sense, is more attractive even to the, the general people. The Krishna that's going to appear from Vasudeva and Devaki is going to be just. Hmm? He's going to be merciful, but he's going to be just also, and um, establish the Dharma. He's going to kill Kamsa in due course, which, and uh, and they go on from there to establish Dharma, speak the Bhagavad Gita, and so forth, and and um, meanwhile, the, the birth in Vrindavan, hmm, this Krishna has no idea of justice. It's, it's all, he's all merciful. He only sees good in everybody. 
You can't find any bad in anybody. Hmm? It's a whole other side. Hmm? Sometimes we want that side, sometimes we want the other side. We want the just side. We want the merciful side in relation to us. We want the just side in relation to everyone else. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this Krishna then is, is, represents another and a more primary cause for the descent of the Godhead. The secondary cause of the Godhead, uh, Sri Krishna in the world, is to establish Dharma and uh, protect the world and uphold the religious spiritual principles and so forth. And the other side is he's just swelled up with love and wants to share that love with everybody. If he has any discontent, it's that people aren't interested enough in him hmm? as he is. They're interested in him for other reasons. And he manifests in a particular way to fulfill those other reasons, but they're not the reasons that really make him tick, so to speak, establishing the Dharma. And he, he is, in the way he, there he is, particularly he has particular qualities that are unique, and one of them is prema madhurdya. He's surrounded by devotees of an incomparable kind of love, hmm? of prema. Hmm? We cited last night Brahma Samhita, Lakshmi's, I think it was last night, Lakshmi Sahasra Satasam Brahma Sevimanam. So it said Lakshmi Sahasra. He's surrounded by thousands of Lakshmi's. I mentioned that Narayan is surrounded by one Lakshmi. Hmm? One Lakshmi. Hmm? And Krishna is surrounded in Braj by 108 so many Lakshmi's. Hmm? Gopis there. Um, and while Lakshmi is very uh, uh, royal and uh, affluent, they appear poor in comparison, this village girls, but they're endowed with a kind of love that makes Lakshmi's love look, look meager. Lakshmi's love is like, she's like a, 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 a good, uh, she's depicted massaging the feet of um, Narayan. Hmm? So, um, whereas the Lakshmi's of, headed by Radha, all expansions of her are um, not typically seen in this kind of servile, if you will, position in relation to their husband. Um, he's com- the Dira Lalita there. The Dira Lalita is a type of hero in aesthetics and drama and so forth, in, in, in Indian aesthetics, who is conquered by his lover. So Lakshmi Sahasra Sambrahma Sevimano. They are possessed of a certain kind of serving disposition that's very extraordinary. Um, it's, a, it's Prema Madhurya. They don't find this in, in Vaikuntha. And he's completely captivated by that conquered by that. The dear Lalita is, is conquered by his uh, uh, lover, completely tied up and, uh, so to speak, uh, and just head over heels. You know, he, he's, um, he's 
sick about it, mad about it. Uh, so this is an extraordinary kind of prema that um, that uh, he then wants to develop or, or explore further, and in the context of that, to share that. Hmm? And this then is a is the is another cause, a more primal cause for Krishna's advent because it's more close to what he is about as a side product, you know, help the world. And he, the point of being, he has other avatars that do these kind of things. Vishnu himself, who was contacted by Brahma, said that when the earth approached him, saying, you know, there's a problem, he said, yeah, I know about that. I'm aware of every detail that goes on in the world. I'm inside every atom, inside every soul. I'm the cognizant aspect of the absolute, param atma. I'm the atma, supreme atma. As atma is a knower, the knower and the experiencer, we are the knower and the experiencer within the field of our body. Hmm? The Gita gives this example, chetra, chetra gya. The field, the chetra, and the chetra gya. Gya means to know, the knower of the field. Hmm? So, the whole of the field, if you will, of material existence, in all its detail, the atma, param, paramatma, is the knower of all of them. Hmm? So, this Vishnu is approached by Narayan, and he says, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm aware of the situation. I'm going to... Um, I'm making plans to to, to remedy it, hmm? to advent and uh, and remedy it. So he's already there in place, in a sense, taking care of everything. This is another dimension of a realm of experience, right? Hmm? The brudge, then, this uh, the, the domain of Krishna's inner 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 life. We we talked about. It. Nature being heartless, never forgiving. Hmm. Humans sometimes forgiving, sometimes not. God always forgiving. This is this is this is what we're talking about here. Hmm. We don't find that Vishnu's always forgiving. Hmm. He's just. We like that to a point, as I said. He's just. Uh, he's merciful too. Hmm. Both of these principles have to be there. Sometimes, like I say, we want only mercy, and sometimes we want only justice. But in order to have um, mercy, there needs to be justice, which is mercy is an overriding of justice. One time in San Francisco many years ago, a godbrother of mine who had like disappeared into the woodwork of material nature for years and his practice had uh, been suspended for some time. He appeared on my uh, doorstep and uh, and so I tried to you know, encourage him and help him and I was and he was quite encouraged and then after about a month or so he told me that he had a problem that was looming and I said, what's that? And he said that he had been arrested on the, some charge um, some time back, 
and the court date was coming soon. So you can see he had some negative impetus, I guess, to show up at my door. <laughs> but he was doing well with it, and I was giving him some positive impetus as well. And uh, so I said, well, you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to go to court, you know. And so um, as it turned out, when the court date came, I went to court with him. And he was like, you know, dead guilty. There was no, you know, he had a he had a court-appointed lawyer because he didn't have any money. I think it was like a drug charge or something like that. And um, and so the the uh, attorney made his case, and it was kind of like this is just a job, you know. The guy's going to jail, you know. Here's you know, and then uh, then the prosecution made their case. And uh, and I was in the audience there, you know, dressed in my devotional attire and so forth. And the judge kept looking at me, and he, he understood that this, he could figure out that this guy was somehow connected with me. So it was all over, and just before he, you know, you know, guilty, <laughs> put his hammer down and uh, weighed in on the on the justice, he said, "Is there anyone else in the courtroom that has anything to say?" <laughs> So that was my cue, you know. So I, I took the cue and I stood up and I said, Your Honor, you know, I've witnessed this whole thing. Of course, I know this, this young man as well, as a matter of fact. And um, I'm here with him today. And um, I think I had him dressed maybe with devotional attire too or something like that. So that maybe that's how the judge made the connection. And I said, and I've heard all the arguments and I know, you know, know the case as well. And um, I don't think that, you know, there's really any point in trying to prove his innocence. He's guilty, and uh, you know, at the same time, he's been with me for a month. And this, and I, I said, you know, like this, and told a little bit of the history, and um, and I said that you know sometimes there's a there's a place for um, mercy. To uh, there has to be justice in the world, but um, because there is justice then there can be mercy also, which is an overriding of justice. So without justice, there's no, there's no room to override it. So um, I think that this is my place. This is the only you know, thing I can offer. You know, that's something like that anyway. And he said, he let him go. You know? <laughs> he released him into my care at the time. So, so there's a place for justice and there's a place for um, mercy. Sometimes people... You know they they do want to do away with the with the evil in the world and God to be all merciful, but there's a place for justice and as I say a place for overriding it. So these um, two sides are there in Bhagwan, and the further you move away from Krishna, Swami Bhagwan in Vrindavan, the more the just side comes out. The closer he is to the world where there's a need for this and for justice and, 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 and so on. So Krishna in Mathura, where he's being born, is just a, just a little bit just. He's just a little bit just in comparison to Krishna in Vrindavan. This is the beginning then of the madhurya, the sweetness of Krishna, the human likeness, and so forth, becoming imbued in the eyes of the, of the devotees who surround him 
with godliness, overt godliness. Krishna is going to be born in Mathura, as I said, in an extraordinary way. He's not really born there. He's he's meditated on by Vasudev. That meditation is so intense, it's transferred then to Devaki in her mind. She's meditating on the prophecy that her husband experienced at birth that uh, uh, he would his child would be an incarnation of God so she's absorbed in the idea that God's going to take birth hmm. uh, this is incarnate here in, in, in where in the prison hmm, to deal with the problems and, and the injustice and so forth and, and so on and then Krishna appears with forearms and jewels and decorated. I mean, nobody's born like that, <laughs> obviously. So the implication is there that it's that it's um, over, overtly a, a divine ev- event. Hmm? Meanwhile, and we started to hear the story over in Vrindavan, it's a whole different set of events. Ram in the womb of Rohini on horseback is taking us to the village there. And and there's no problems there, except that uh, their de- depression has overwhelmed the community. Nanda Maharaj, our king, doesn't have a son. I said, I started to say, I said, this Leela goes in a circular way and it's driven, really, by love. The primary reason, again, I'm saying here, for Krishna's advent is not to do justice in the world, rectify the situation, establish the Dharma. That's a secondary thing that Vishnu does to one extent or another. So why does he have to come to do that? Vishnu already knew everything. He's in every atom, he, you know, so forth. Um, um, so, no, he come for another reason. Hmm? And that is that what he's all about hmm, um, and to further explore and experience the love that he's already about, the preem that he corresponds with hmm, of of the uh, of these uh, inhabitants of Vrindavan, this type of devotee, to kind of showcase that to the world. And because it's human-like and not overtly divine, he doesn't appear in Vrindavan with forearms and, you know, a helmet and everything like that. No, uh, it's very, very different. It's so human-like. It's kind of like you, you miss it. So the big story, the big story is, God appeared in the prison with four arms and a helmet. You know, and, and, it's, and when he appears, what does Vasudev and Devaki do? They start offering all these prayers. So many prayers. You are the Godhead. You are the cause of this. And a lot of philosophy coming out of all these prayers in the chapter. Hmm? Explaining that the nature of the descent of the divinity and all, so many, uh, it's full of Aishvarya, if you will, of, or uh, acknowledgement of the, the godly factor in human society and how extraordinary it is. Now, when Krishna advents in Vrindavan, there's nothing like this going on. They're celebrating, Nanda's got a son, Nanda's got a son. <laughs> you know, kettle drums, a little bit like that. Um, but, um, no prayers and uh, obeisances, no flashing effulgence and so on and so forth. It's an entirely <laughs> different affair. It's very, point is, human-like. Hmm? And 
we tend to think of love of God as being, you know, different than human love. It's got no adverse elements in it. It's 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 agape as as opposed to what eros in the in the, in the Greek. It's like you know, with folded hands. It's it's uh, uh, it has none of the faults and so forth. There's no lovers' quarrels in, in that kind of love and so forth, um, which human love is is filled with. It's it's as much a problem as it is the, the solution. As I said, we can't rest till we find love, and we find it. We can't. We're off again on another foot, and it's problematic. She loves me. She loves me not. Do you still love me? You know. Uh, so it's filled with doubt, and it's filled with a kind of, nonetheless, a kind of security that we find more compelling than godly love <laughs> in many respects. Because we love our friend, or our lover, or our kids, we, 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 it's a problem for us loving God. We can't put the one down and the other now because of material attachment. We can talk about it like that, but it's also because, in a one from the Krishna kind of bhakti perspective. It's because parental love, uh, romantic love, uh, friendly love, and so forth, they have elements of love in them that aren't in reverential love that are more compelling. They're more consuming. Hmm? So we're consumed by all these types of human love and they get in the way of us moving towards the you know, reverential love, love of God. Hmm? They're more emotionally uh, satisfying. So Krishna is that <laughs> manifestation of deity that deals with the problem, if you will, hmm? and says, and implicitly says, well, look, I'll be your son. How's that? <laughs> I'll be your friend. <laughs> I'll be your lover. Hmm? Uh, he loves you so much, in other words, that he makes bhakti to himself so easy, hmm? so user-friendly. He says, I'll be your son, I'll be your friend. Then you have no excuse. Hmm? And I'll be the best friend you could possibly have. So for that, in pursuit of that, and making that point, Hmm? to human society, Krishna advents, the full idea of Swayam Bhagavan. This is the advent of Krishna in Vrindavan. This is what the Vrindavan birth, if you will, is about. It's, it's, it's propelled by an entirely different reason than the Mathura birth in the prison house. Hmm? One side of the reason is, to, to, it's a huge expression of Compassion for human society in a in a different sense. It's on a, on a kind of a higher level. I want to share what I'm about hmm, and and give you the most access to me. And it's what I'm about. And it's so human-like that I think I'll better be able to experience what I'm about in human society. Hmm? So he, like I said before, if you make a movie on location, then it's an added feature. You know, if you have to create the desert in the background in Hollywood, it's one thing. If you go to the Sahara 
and film the movie there, then it's an extra, you know, filmed on location. It's right there. So Krishna's love is human-like. In other words, all the aspects of human love that make our world go round. Hmm? Love of our children, the children's love for the parents, the love for... Um, um, you know, romantic love, love for our friend, the love of the teacher, for the student, and so forth. This is what the whole thing's revolving around. Hmm? Um, and it's the full kind of... Uh, it's, it's love in all expressions. So he, 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 he thinks, this is what I'm about. You know, that's, uh, and so it'll better be facilitated in human society. So to play out the drama of his ever exploding emotional you know love life the the the, the ultimate being hmm, in terms of continuing to become everything that he is and explore it and so forth which is the nature of love prem is described beautifully as being full and always increasing at the same time hmm. and you know, in our experience of love in the material world, it's kind of like this, kind of a f- full, but it's it's still to be explored, and where is it going from here, and so forth. So, so anyway, he comes, he finds the human society is a good setting to explore himself in terms of what he's ultimately motivated by, and and there's a slight disappointment that people aren't interested in what he's motivated by, distracted as they are. So why not? Come to them on their terms and offer myself to me. You can love me as your son. You can, and he shows that by taking birth to the son of Nanda and Yashoda. So he shows you can do this. There's a, there's a, especially as Chaitanya, he shows this love to the world. He showcases it by manifesting this leela, and then in the midst. Of trying to of, of exploring it, that emotional reality, and you know its becoming and so forth, its 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 fullness and its its growth, he finds oh, that uh, he discovers the, the the measure of Radha's love, and and he gets kind of lost in terms of making it more available to people, which is one of the motives. Um, In the Gita, for example, Krishna doesn't really teach, per se, exactly how to attain this kind of love. But as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he shows the way hmm, to develop this kind of love. So it's kind of an encore appearance that's a result of of a limitation of the earthly leela of Krishna. Hmm? where Radha's love then is showcased as the supreme, and Krishna, from his vantage point, can't taste it, needs to take her vantage point. So he takes the form of a practitioner to pursue that and, and gives the message that, that any, any Tamak Jiva soul can rise to such a height of love and intimacy. So this is a whole and different reason for Krishna's descent in the world. And it's the, said to be that this is the primary Reason. He's depicted in Chaitanya Charitamrita through the pen of Krishna's Kaviraj very nicely as saying, you know, the whole the people are attracted to me, but they've got so many reasons for, for being attracted to me. They want 
material things. They want eternal life. They want to worship me as the as the supreme God. And this just doesn't really get to the heart of what I'm all about. It's something about me, and you know there are sides of me that okay, you can have that. But who's interested in me? Hmm? Not that his leela is lacking because other people aren't participating, hmm? but. Um, uh, nonetheless, he, he, out of a kind of a compassion, wants to showcase this love in the context of further experiencing it, and so forth. So the two sides here, the prison house and the pastor, very different. Um, and and when we go from the pastor to the prison or to Matura, that's the beginning then of the justice coming in as the as the avatars and the incarnations and the different faces of the Godhead make their appearance and become closer and closer to the what's the perceived problem of the world. The perceived problem is suffering and so forth. Hmm. The real problem is um, finding the perfect object of love. Hmm. And so here we find while Devaki's in the in the prison and meditating on God and and making prayers and so forth, there's some fear of Kamsa, and that healthy fear is is symbolically uh, doing away with um, um, material distractions and desires and so forth. And it's a it's a very kind of inspiring from a practitioner's point of view to contemplate that particular advent. Meanwhile, in Vrindavan. Yashoda is that the whole group is depressed. Krittananda doesn't have a son. Hmm? As I said, this Leela goes in a circle. So it, it keeps appearing again and again and again. It's fueled by this love. So at a certain point, Krishna leaves the Vrindavan, right? Apparently he goes to Mathura. He kills Kamsa. Hmm? Then he goes on and establishes the fort in Dwarka. That's Krishna in Dwarka and so forth. Um, and so when he leaves, he's really still present in Vrindavan because that preem is still there. And that's what he corresponds with. But he becomes invisible. He appears to leave for the justice of killing Kamsa and so forth, but actually he must be still in Vrindavan because that preem is there. And he, wherever that preem is, he, he has to correspond with that. So he becomes invisible to intensify the preem because separation makes the heart grow. Founder. So in this Leela, there's union and there's separation. And, it, and it's like the two banks of the, of the river of, of love. Sometimes the water is going on one side, sometimes the other side. And the inhabitants are being tossed and turned in union and separation on a daily basis. Krishna goes out to tend the cows. And the, those with parental love, oh, they're like... His feet might be bruised in the forest, and they're just like meditating on him. Every aspect, of, and when they come back, when Krishna comes back from herding cows, Rohini is there with Yasoda, and they take a lamp, like we have here, a ghee lamp for the Arctic, and they go like this. And they're looking, are there any bruises? Anything happened to you? Anything? Huh? This is Arati. This is, this, is, this, is this is the heart of this whole ceremony. It means it's arati, to, to take away the night. So the, the dusk is just coming, they want to look closely and they take light. And of course, he's lighting the sun. But see the nature of their love. They're taking a candle and you know, 
they, they are not blinded by his, his, his godliness. They are just drawn by affection to him. Hmm? Um, so they have the pain in the course of the day. That's their separation. And, and, and in, 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 the, in the day, the gopis cannot meet with him. And in the night, his coward friends have to sleep and dream about cow herding with him all day, all night long, and they have to experience some separation. So this is within the leela, and then in, then in a bigger sense also, well, Krishna goes to Mathura. Then everybody's plunged in separation. This is a different kind of some uh, um, separation. There's different um, conditions of separation. So when he goes for a long time, when he goes for the day or something, that's one thing. But when he goes for an hour, in his yes. manifest leela, he left at t- about 11 years old. Hmm? And it lasted for 125 years. These people are pitiful then in Vrindavan, pitiful in separation. From Dwarka, Krishna sends Uddhava as a messenger to them. I'm coming back soon. Hang on, you know. I got a few more demons to deal with out here, you know, a little more justice to establish in the world. Hmm? And, uh, uh, and, uh, Uddhava comes there from, from, from Dwarka. He's Krishna's advisor in Dwarka. And he tries to give them the message. He says, don't cry. Everything's okay. You know, there's no reason to lament. You know, um, God's in your heart. And, uh, <laughs> they're looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he's looking at them like, What's going on here? Krishna is God. I know that because in Dwarka he has four arms. Krishna is God. And I'm here to tell him, don't cry. Um, you should fix your mind on the absolute. But their mind is fixed on the absolute in such a way that I've never seen before. How can I tell them not to cry? They're crying out of separation from him, even though he's everywhere. That's not good enough for them. They want, they want him in a special way, like, right? You know, Right there, as their friend, as their lover. So Uddhava is just like, he kind of like passes out. He thinks, I came here to give a message, but actually Krishna sent me here to get a message. Wow, this is incredible. Hmm? This is how then the aftermath, if you will, of the Vrindavan Lila when Krishna leaves, one of the ways in which the after Lila is reflecting back on Vrindavan, trying to showcase it to the world, to all of us, like this is what's, what's the highest ideal, hmm? the full face of, of Krishna. Later he sends Balaram, of course, who's acquainted with that kind of love. He's from there, that's his brother. He said he can pacify them to some extent. We talked about that on the Baladev Purni and the full moon that just passed, um, celebrating his uh, appearance. Hmm. But um, in the message with Balaram, he says, "Tell them, you know, um, when they when they dream, when they pass out and they hallucinate, hmm? when the gopis hallucinate and think that I'm right there, tell them it's not a hallucination. I'm there, actually. I am there. I appear only to be here. I appear not to be there, hmm? but my I really appear only to be here. It's only an appearance that I'm in Dwarka." Because my heart is there, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm always present there, in my heart of hearts. Where a person's heart is, that's where they are, right? Standing in front of you, and my, my mind and my heart are somewhere else. 
and I'm going through the motions. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like make it look like I'm present. And so you all had that experience. <laughs> and you're really worried about something else or whatever, and you can't say it to the person, or you're, you know, you want to be somewhere else. So this is like Krishna in Dwarka, Krishna in Mathura to an extent. Yeah. His heart is, of course, his heart is with those devotees in terms of that aspect of himself. It's complicated, but... So, in, when he goes away, the separation becomes intense. Uddhava comes and gives counsel. Balaram comes and delivers a message. And Balaram says, surely Krishna's got about six or eight demons left to kill and he'll be here in a week. Hmm? This is the message. And, of course, um, he, they're, they're waiting for him and so forth. And it becomes, they become so mad in their separation. Nanda, for example, and Dashoda, Krishna's mother and father in Vrindavan, they start to think, Krishna's gone away. You know, Uddhava comes, for example, and says, you know, what have you got to worry about? Krishna is God. I, I know he's got like four arms. I, 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 I serve him in Dwarka. He's your took birth as your son, and you think you got a problem? There's there's no problem. And they said, "What are you nuts?" Hmm? Yeah, Krishna may be whatever he is. People say all kinds of things about him. We heard that that he's God and that kind of thing. But you know, we see him just as our son, and you know, he is, you know, all attractive, and and, and they go on and on, and, you know. And, and he's not here, and you're telling us we don't have a problem. <laughs> Our problem is you, just like you say, you know, <laughs> attachment to a thing makes it that much worse, right? Because you can't keep it, something like that. So, of course, he's there. He's kept by them. This is the message. He's kept. He's present in that love. Uddhava was looking at that, and he's thinking, oh, my God. Krishna's in Dwarka. He sent a message, me with a message here, but he's actually more present here than he is in Dwarka. Hmm? Seeing the, the the kind of uh, uh, love that they have for him, that uh, he, he's he's more present in that love. He's astounded by that. So anyway, after a while, they they're thinking we had a son. He was you know we had been lamenting the whole village. Nanda has no son. Nanda has no son. What to do? Then the leela of birth starts to come. Hmm? Anticipation. Krishna takes birth. He performs his youthful and childhood pastimes. He goes to Mathura. Then the separation starts. He goes to Dwarka. They hear rumors here and there, things, and it's going on and on. They think, when will he ever come back? Will he ever come back? And they go like into a catatonic state of ecstasy. Nanda Maharaj and Yusoda looking at themselves like, you know, and they, they, like, how can we live like this? You know, well, They're so attached to their son. And then they start to think, what are we crazy? I mean, we we wanted a son who was more beautiful than Narayan. We knew that was ridiculous. That's not possible. And then we were so thought maybe we just imagined we had a son. I don't think we've had a son. How could we, no? Wait, let's have a son. Let's have yeah. And then the, the circle starts to turn. <laughs> we should have. Then Leela starts over again. Like this, it goes in a circle. Hmm? So it's fueled by, by prem, hmm? by love. It, it improves from union to separation, and so forth. the whole thing starts all over again. We should have a son. So we're at that point, starting over again. Hmm? We should have a son. Hmm? 
You should be more beautiful than Narayan. That's not possible. Well, anyway, let's 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 make a a vow and we'll serve Narayan for one year. And they took this very strict vow with regard to eating uh, dwadasi brut. Well, it's entailed. I, I'm not sure, but it, it lasted for one year. Point being that they were very sense controlled and sober, worshiping Narayan, right? For having a son that was, you know, in their fantasy, as they thought of it, more beautiful than, than even Narayan. So, ostensibly, they're doing this reverential love of God, but their mind is somewhere else. Just like the devotee may offer the Arctic, but his mind may be somewhere else. That's a problem. So, <laughs> their mind is somewhere else. It's on Krishna. And they're worshipping Narayan in their home. So, then, uh, you know, then, the, then Yashoda starts to show the signs of pregnancy. And then this self-controlled lady starts to want, you know, in the middle of the night she wakes her husband. Has there got any milk sweets? <laughs> you know, I'd like some rice cooked in ghee with scented with camphor and with uh, with uh, gore, you know, sugar and uh, covered in tulsi leaves. I have these fantasies all of a sudden for, you know, the kind of uh, opulent uh, diet of, uh, of of Krishna. It's all co- this very controlled lady and so forth. So. This is these, this is what's taking place in comparison then to the birth in Mathura, as I say, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, so ultimately, Yashoda she passes out in in childbirth, and meanwhile Krishna is born in in Mathura with the four hands, all the prayers going on and so forth. And then, I don't know, should I tell the rest of the story? Tomorrow is the John Mastami. What, <laughs> what time is it now? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. What time do we start? 9. 9 o'clock. Any questions? Yes. Guruji, you demonstrated how um, the love that Krishna experiences is very much like humans. But we also hear that... Um, the love here is just like a perverted reflection of the love in the spiritual plane. So I was wondering, wondering if you could um, further explain that. Well, the distortion, if you will, is that it's off-center. Otherwise, it's the same. So, if human love is properly centered on Krishna, then no problem. Hmm? We don't want to take down the building. We just want to change the foundation, <laughs> so jack it up, and you know, <laughs> it's a <little laughs> sounds easy at first. <laughs> Building's fine. Let's just change the foundation. Okay, <laughs> that's the sadhana. Then you got to take out that other foundation, that off-center foundation, so the love is centered on something that's that's not uh, well. It's not the center. So when that same love is centered on Krishna, then no problem, something like that. Hmm? So that's the distortion that's sometimes talked about. It's Krishna's love is human-like, so the like means certain elements are not there, the problematic ones. It's not a, it's human-like, but there's no taking in it. But it, it, So human love, there can't be full giving in it. There's a semblance of full giving. There's some giving in it, obviously, but the full giving is restricted by the fact that we ourselves 
our units of consciousness. And as much as we identify with matter, we're kind of identifying off-center, and so we're feeling a little empty. And so our love is, you know, is tinged by a perceived necessity to take. Um, and then, then our, you know, attachments to others is kind of fostering a kind of a, to some extent, a false um, identity of a, a, where the need is being fulfilled. Love should be like without any need, right? You, you you give to others. So the bodily identification we have has puts us in a needy situation. That's what makes it problematic. And so you've got to come out from the bodily conception of life in order to be a lover in the full sense of the term. And not forge, for example, relationships out of a perceived need of, of, of being empty, but forge relationships out of fullness. You follow? So Krishna's uh, love is human-like, but it's full. It's properly the love of Krishna is, is is properly centered, but all the other elements are in place, as opposed to love of Narayan, for example, which is very unhuman-like love. But it's love, but it's not. It doesn't have an erotic element. It doesn't have an element of intimacy and so forth. And obviously, these are big parts of love. And human society is just all about this flawed love. That's all it's all about. The gods, you know, they have a different standard there in the heavens and so forth. Human. So human love is is very, um, well, uh, close, the human heart, it's, it's very close in a sense to Krishna Leela. That it's not just, as I just, just turn it a little bit, something like that, and there you are. So it's very, it, bhakti of this type really speaks to the human heart. It's very user-friendly. It's like, hey, I'm already doing that, you know, or, yeah, something like that. So just, you don't have to add anything in a sense. You just have to change the focus. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, how is our lustful propensities different than pure love of God? Well, because lust is a is 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 a is a rises out of a perceived need, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, never you know satisfied. You satisfied for a moment, it'll, it, it it comes back and so forth. So it's um, you know it's a, it's the even even materially speaking, it's the low end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like you know. The higher end is, you know, it's, well, whatever. It's, you know, there's more to it than, than that. Therefore, the people are, you know, the, therefore, you know, if you, if that's, the, therefore, although it's popular, most people criticize the pornographic industry. Apparently, it's popular. Um, I learned, and we were publishing Clarion Call magazine, which was just when, it was like about 25 years ago, when the New Age term came out and so forth. I was, we're one of the magazines out there. And I learned at that time that, that all of the magazines in America of all genres put together hmm, are less in number in print than the pornographic industry. That's a big thing, lost in human society, I suppose. But 
most people say that it's a that it's you know it's it's the it's if anything it's the low end of love, right? So it's not it's not there in Krishna's love. Does that help? There's a kind of lusting, therefore it's called Kamanuga. Gopis are, but it's it's they're lusting, but they're lusting for the center, you know, to to be to give. It's 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 talked about by use of this word, kama, which means lust. So so as to say, as to as to speak about the intensity of it, with the same intensity that people become, you know, drawn to that, you know, whatever. That as powerful as compelling as that is, that you may like become unsensible, you know, and do crazy things when that arises, you know, like when a cow's in heat, you know, like get out of the way, you know, or the bull, you know, it's like, you know, that's, you know, that rules, that takes over, you know, we've got 18 hours of this now, you know, let's facilitate them or separate them or something, but this is like, you know, there's nothing going to get in the way. So the gopi's love is like that. Nothing can get in the way. It's like with the same kind of intensity. So if you, the difference is if you lust for the absolute, if you will, it's uh, it's, a, it's a different uh, it's a different result. And nobody's going to do that without a little philosophy and and then figuring out the shortcomings of material lust and so forth. Do you follow? Yes, Jan. Yeah, it 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 is, um, and and that and that's present in the leela also, in the present in the leela, all those people like Nanda, Jasoda, Subal, Krishna's friends, Radha, Vishaka, different gopis, they all love one another. Hmm? Nanda and Yashoda are married, right? And they have Krishna as their son. The difference there, the, the, what what it is, is that each one of them loves Krishna more than one another. So for there, there's no problem if you, if you and I love one another, but we love something else more, whatever it is, then that will carry the day in our relationship because of the commonality that we have, right? Hmm? So, um, in the Leela, there's something called a Stayibhav. It's, it's, it's the basis of all the ecstatic experience, the Rasa, Ananda. And the Stayibhav is a dominant emotion like friendly love, like romantic love, like parental love. Hmm? These are considered to be like, in human society, even dominant emotions that preside, so to speak. Someone may be defined by you know, their parental love or by their romantic love. And then there are other emotions that augment that, that come and go and come and go. Hmm? So in a loving relationship, in a romantic relationship, I've got this stringa, this this kind of romantic love, and then other, like I say, auxiliary emotions will will attend to that and 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 re, re, retreat from that and come. So in love of God and Krishna Leela, then there there are these same dominant emotions in relation to Krishna. So someone's Krishna's friend, and then Primarily, then other emotions come and go. Now, those coming and going emotions, they're always there, in the, but they don't have the point, they don't have the power to rise 
to being this, with the same dominance, predominance as the Stayibhav. So, anyway, the, re, the relationship between Nanda and Yashoda and uh, Subal and Sridham, Krishna's mother, father, Krishna's friends, and so forth, is, is called a Sancharibhav. So they're connected by a Sancharibhav, and each of them is connected with, to Krishna with a Stayibhav. So uh, the Sancharibhavs augment the Stayibhav. So their love for one another augments their love for Krishna. And they each love Krishna more, so it's like, you know, it's like if people are helping you do what you want, then you really love them. So they are completely attached to one another. And it's kind of hard to figure out because we talk about, you know, detachment and so forth. And here's the ideal, this village of people, and they're all attached to their cows and their friends, and they would never think of leaving their families for a moment or anything um, you know, you know uh, even gopis, they go with Krishna at night, but they don't give up, really, their, their families. Their, uh, that's, you know, undercover and so forth. <laughs> so they all, you know, completely attached to one another. There's a story in the Bhagavatam that Krishna was, they went on a camping trip, <laughs> Krishna and the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Hmm? And... Uh, and on the camping trip, when they when the camp out, they slept out. It was a Kadasi and Nanda Maharaj, the leader. He sipped water at a certain time, and the gods of the water thought that he had violated the Kadasi because he drank at the wrong time. It's a whole technical thing. Actually, he didn't. But anyway, that's another part of the story. That they they came and they arrested him and said, "You've done the wrong thing." They took him into the waters, and so Krishna went in to to save him. Hmm? And um, then Varuna, the god of the waters, made all these prayers to Krishna. And Nanda's thinking, what's going on here? You know? And he was saved. And so afterwards, they thought, all of the campers, they thought, wow, that was far out. And, you know, Krishna does far out <laughs> things, you know. And they said, you know, you've got some mystic potency or something. Okay? And we have a curiosity, like everybody has. What, what, will, what will be in our next life? You know, what's our, you know future. He said, oh, I can tell you that. Come with me. He took him to this other bathing area called Akuragat, a famous place where he showed Akura, a famous a vision and so forth. He said, you take a bath here and come out and you'll see what your next life is. So this is all in Leela manifest on earth. So they took a bath and they came up and they saw Goloka. And the Goloka, this is called Gokul when it's here and it's called Golok when it's there. They're the same. <laughs> the only difference is it's more human-like here. And there's more intimacy is facilitated that much more. So they said, oh, everything's going to be the same. Our cows will be there. Our house will be there. That's what people want. You know, I want to go to heaven with my family. And, you know, <laughs> we're all going to be there together and so forth. And, you know, so we talk about that, what an illusion that is and so forth. And then here at the other end, we're, it's the same thing. But... It's all based on bhava, so it's, so it's possible. Anyway, and so the basic idea then for us is, well, you have um, a relationship with a significant other that uh, if you both you know, love Krishna, then it will be very intimate and fulfilling. Does that help? It does, but can I ask a further question? Yeah, yeah. So does it have to be that you love Krishna more? Does it have to be an other? Can it be this thing where you 
are in love with the Krishna that exists everywhere in your child or partner? You know, does it have to be a separated thing? Well, Krishna's everywhere. <laughs> so, um, to to um, relate with God in terms of God's being everywhere. In the Bhagavatam, it's said to be the first step in love of God. So you could start there. And it, will, it grows from there. What you're thinking of as a separate thing is actually to be even, even more unseparated from everything. But it's it's talked about in such a way that I can understand. It sounds like it's he's out there and I'm here and so forth. Um, but it's like it's the, the idea is more like the God who's everywhere and the good in everyone and you know that whole you know idea and so forth. If that was all to personify and come in front of you and kiss you, it's like wow, <laughs> that was far out. <laughs> Something like that. So, anything else? Brenda, Brenda Runyon. Um, I was thinking about what you were saying about Krishna being um, you know, only, only merciful and then contrasting that with the fact that um, about this Sadurlava that Marilyn said and so we see um, extraordinary cases of mercy like in the case of um, Krishna but I was wondering is um like a Kripa Siddha, is that, you know, the, um, just the pure mercy, and then Sadhana Siddha being more of a justice that makes the mercy meaningful? Or is there another way of understanding that? Well, I think she, what Vinod is talking about is Kripa means mercy, so it's said that one can become perfect in Krishna consciousness by mercy or by sadhana, by practice. <coughs> hmm? So sometimes we find an extraordinary case where someone doesn't seem to do any sadhana but they become perfect or something like that and by mercy so um, you're trying to put that together in terms of what I was talking about I think it would be better to think of the sadhana itself as as a merciful opportunity and uh, um, and then the creep is kind of an extra burst of uh, mercy I guess what was hard for me to understand in that then is like how is is it any more merciful than like the opportunity that um, in Bhakti where it doesn't seem like it's any easier or anything if, any, if it's actually harder so I didn't quite see how the extreme you know, mercy of Krishna was manifested in that case that there will be the Bhakti Bhakti is hard well, it, it's easier. Why is it easier? Because the, um, it doesn't fully capture Narayan, and so therefore less is required. Uh-huh, but Rag Bhakti is easier because, as I said, you get to have Krishna as your friend, and we're more inclined towards having someone as a friend or a lover than we are having an object of worship. This was the point I was making. So Krishna shows himself and makes himself available to us in the full face of love in terms of how we're accustomed um, to loving, in terms of our attachments to friends and family. says, I'll be that object. Yes. So Rag Marg is said to be easier. Well, it's easier in, 
Right. The problem is that people don't have interest in it. And this is what Krishna's kind of complaining about. People aren't interested. So I'll manifest my Leela and and give people the opportunity, but 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 he can't force them to be interested. The description of Rasa Leela, there's a nice verse that says that people must do this and, they, and because it's so far out, it's so wonderful that they should take advantage of it. But 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 despite that that being what it is, people don't. Then Krishna, as Chaitanya comes again to make another effort and so forth, imbued with magnanimity, make it even easier to show how to do it yourself. And he gave a very easy method, Sankirtan. Sankirtan is much easier than all of Vaidhi Bhakti and all the rules of Vaidhi Bhakti if you just do Sankirtan. Of course, we mix with Vaidhi Bhakti too, but so in that sense, it's easier also. Sometimes devotees have an idea that it's a very popular thing yeah, we shouldn't think like that. We shouldn't think that, well, Krishna's merciful, so I won't have to do anything. Krishna's just going to give me love of God. It's rarely attained. You have to do sadhana. Another way to look at it is that that it's easy comparatively to gyan, to yoga, to you know the karma mark comparatively, but it's rarely achieved. It's not to be talked about in such a way that it's misconstrued that well, Krishna's all merciful, so I'll just you know expect that you know he's going to be um, uh, I'm going to get uh, love of God without without doing anything. He makes, he's merciful, he makes himself available, shows himself, that he makes, that he opens the door, the gates to his private, you know, life with all these types of devotees. And, and that's kind of the mercy that the opportunity is made available. And then if you understand the opportunity, the fact is that the, the difficulty, if you will, of the sadhana to go there is easier because it's fueled by understanding of what the opportunity is that's presenting itself there's that's so compelling hmm, that it makes it, it so gives so much impetus for the practice that it can be said it makes the practice easier but it's hard <laughs> at the same time i also gave the example of you know you just have to change the foundation in the house that's all <laughs> so you know you just have to jack up the house and pull out the concrete and but, you know so You have a question? There's one from the internet. What's that? Um, could you talk a little bit about the kind of volume that qualifies devotees for Raghunuga Bhakti? Some people seem to talk about it in a cheapening way. The lolium means greed, so greed for Krishna. Um, greed for Krishna is exhibited by the Ragatmikas, those who are the principal like players in the Lila that personify different types of loving sentiments like parental love, friendly love, and so forth. Rag Atmika, so it's like the Rag is part of their Atma. It's like it's in born, it's that this is their nature and so forth. Um, comparatively, we're kind of like you know, Rag in the other direction. Rag means attachment. So we're like kind of go 
automatically towards matter, given our present condition. So to have, uh, and, and, and that attachment, that rag, is like sometimes described as, as greed. When, you, when you're greedy, you do embarrassing things. So to relate to God in, in, in the way that the inhabitants of Vrindavan do makes, seems unbecoming from the point of view of Vaikuntha. How can you be wrestling with God? That's not appropriate. So, so their greed, so to speak, is causing them to conduct themselves like this. But it's likable by Krishna. Of course, he likes that. He loves that. So, at any rate, the um, greed for for um, for Krishna is personified in these paradigmatic, you know, persons of the Leela. And so we are to kind of like the idea is to follow in their their footsteps, but we don't have necessarily that that kind of greed. So you don't just, just hear about this and think, yeah, that's what I would like. And we're hearing about that, and people are going, yeah, I'm for this, I'm for Gaudiya Vaishnava. I like this idea of you know this kind of this idea of love of God. But to say that that in itself is greed makes it more of a, uh, reduces it to just to an intellectual exercise because intellectually you're going, yeah, that sounds good. Hmm. I've thought it out, I've calculated it, and this is the best way to go. But the greed implies there's no calculation. That's the implication of greed. <laughs> there's no calculation. You should have calculated, but you didn't. That's that's greed. So, um, so lo, you know, Loba for Krishna, real greed for Krishna implies that you don't have greed for anything else. Hmm? Now that's pretty high. So then you think, well, then the Adhikar, the eligibility for Rag Bhakti is very high. How will I get there? Will I qualify myself by some other method? No. Hmm? So what happens? How are we been qualified for Rag Bhakti even though we don't have greed? Hmm? We have a little greed. How is that? Because our shraddha is shraddha lobhamai, lobhamai shraddha. Hmm? The shraddha is coming from a sampradaya, the faith is coming from a lineage, right? Hmm? This is a rag lineage, so the guru has, shares his or her shraddha with us. That's what we do. I have faith, I share my faith. Hmm? When that becomes formalized, then they share the faith by imparting the mantra in my faith. My, and faith means experience, my experience in that. Hmm? And so, shraddha is the adhikar for bhakti, right? If you have faith, you can take up the, in bhakti, you can take up the path of bhakti. If you have faith in anything, then you can take it up. If you don't, you, st- you can't. So, faith in bhakti, that bhakti alone is sufficient. I don't have to worship other gods and goddesses and sort out other things, I just take shelter of Krishna and that's complete. This is adhikar for bhakti in general. But when the adhikar of faith is also imbued with lobha that characterizes the love of Vrindavan, then you've got a seed, if you will, of shraddha, lobha mai, that has lobha in it. Hmm? So you've got that seed from the sampradaya, so then you have some adhikar, some eligibility. Hmm? The eligibility is based on your attraction to somebody 
who's treading the ragmarg, who has ruchi. So, therefore, for example, Jiva Goswami uses the term jataruchi, ajataruchi. Rag based on taste and rag without a taste. It's almost like oxymoron to have attachment for Krishna without taste. Hmm? Um, but you have attraction to, to the, the sadhu who has the taste, and so he explains, coming under his or her shelter and so forth, one begins to tread ragmarg, and in, in a mixed way, in other words, he, as far as, the, as much as that lobe or that greed, if you will, spiritual greed is, is manifesting, hmm, then elements of ragamuga bhakti can be put into place like internal meditation and so forth. As much as it's not, they can't be, but hearing and chanting will continue and so forth, other aspects of Vaidhi Bhakti. Even Rupa Goswami says in his explanation of Raghunuga Sadhana that in the budding stages it should be supported by Vaidhi. He means supported by hearing, by chanting, and all these practices. Ragmark, in a sense, is just love of Krishna. Therefore, you know, not necessarily the inhabitants of Mardavana doing kirtan every day or whatnot. They're just loving Krishna. So the basis of ragmarg is that kind of ambition, as audacious as it is, to have that kind of relationship with the, with the center. Hmm? It's like, am I qualified for that? You know, you don't, in one sense, lobas, you don't think like that. You think, the opportunity presented itself, I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> no, I'm not qualified, but I'm going to take advantage of it. So connect myself with this sadhu and so... This is kind of an entry level to the ragmarg, but and you have some lobha because the shraddha that you've that's been imparted. Where do you get shraddha? Where do you get faith from those who have it? And their faith is of a certain type. Hmm? So it's faith in this, hmm? this ideal. Then some of that is coming into you by that connection. So there's a kind of a basic beginning to that, and it. As it develops, and to the extent that it develops, then all the elements of rag bhakti can be put into place. Um, so to say that oh, I heard about this, I like this, so I would like a spiritual body, and I will meditate on that, and uh, so with this all a little bit uh, artificial approach to it. Hmm. Yeah, does that help? I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So some lobha, some some greed, and as it intensifies, then, for example, a big part of what I'm saying is a big part of rag bhakti is to meditate on internal body, internal spiritual form, like like a gopi, like a gopa, and in that, and you and you eventually that becomes your identity, hmm? that bhava becomes your identity, and then you start to envision the leela, and you participate in, it, and you come out of it, and and ultimately, you enter into that, and in, in a, in a, it's a realm of bhava. So, um, at what stage will we do that? It's not like, well, okay, I've got loba, so give me all, give me the body, you know, let's put everything, let's just get going here. And yesterday, I was doing who knows what, you know, because I got interested in this today. Um, it doesn't really. That's not the whole idea of ragbhakti. Jiva Goswami says. There should be a mixture then of vaidhi and rag. Attach yourself to a person who has rag, and then gradually this will grow, and the elements of rag that will be put into place. Rag bhakti, rag sadhana. So 
All right. I hope that helps. And we'll stop there for today. Kantara Simad Bhagavatam ki jai. Shri Krishna Janmasthami Mahamud Subhiti ki jai. Oh, Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Oh, Premanam.